To get more out of this podcast, head over to Nebula, the creator-owned streaming service where you can get more episodes ad-free and earlier than everybody else, plus bonus content and exclusive series by myself and more than 130 other top-tier educational creators, many of whom I've interviewed on this podcast. You can sign up for Nebula by clicking on the link in the description or go to nebula.tv slash conversations with Joe. You can sign up for Nebula by clicking on the link in the description or go to nebula.tv slash conversations with Joe. It not only helps support the podcast, it furthers our mission of building a platform that focuses on content that matters. So of all the videos that I have re-released as podcasts, the opening of this one is the most is the one that suffers the most from being on audio instead of video. This there was an intro that I actually shot when I went out to New York for the Next Up program about a year ago, actually. It was last October, or I'm sorry, last uh, August. August of 2016 is when I did that. And uh, this was a little project that I did there. I got to use this cool submarine set that they had built for Great Big Story that was only temporary. It went down pretty much uh, after... Uh, in the weeks after I left there, so it was kind of like a nice little uh, thing that I got to use that nobody else gets to use, really. But um, I really loved the opening, and I still love the opening, and you can see it on the video if you go to the URL in the show notes, but uh, otherwise, the rest of the video I still think makes some really interesting points, and um, I think it's a, a good discussion topic, so you can take this forth and share it with other people, see what they think about it. So enjoy the the podcast and this. If you're new to the podcast, you might not know I have a permanent sponsor called Cankerboy.com, which is a supplement you can take to help prevent chronic canker sores. Now, normally I do a big pitch here, but today I wanted to just read an email from a current member named Miles. It says, Hi Joe, I've had canker sores for as long as I can remember since I was a little kid, and I'd always ask my mom how to make them heal or prevent them, but she never had any good solutions. Join the club. Then this summer I got three canker sores all at once. My mouth was a train wreck and it affected my whole day. I was in agony. I searched and searched for anything that could help. Found coconut oil could kind of temporarily dull the pain, but it didn't do much more than that. Then, somehow, I came across Joe's video on YouTube about them. I watched it and thought it would seem kind of far-fetched, but I had no better options or ideas. Figured I would give Canker Boy a try. That was two and a half months ago, and I've been pain-free ever since. I've felt two canker sores coming in since starting Canker Boy, but they never fully developed, didn't hurt me at all, and quickly healed and went away. I've been very pleased with the results and continue to take my pills every morning when I wake up. Thanks for all the research you've done to help make my mouth feel so much better. I really can't say anything better than that, so if this is an issue for you, or if you know someone who does have these, please send them to cankerboy.com. That's C-A-N-K-E-R-B-O-Y.com. If it doesn't work after two months, you'll get your money back, so it's totally risk-free. Now, here's the show. This is Brain. We got a problem here. Over. Go, Brain. Yeah, we got dopamine building up to dangerous levels in a norepinephrine leak. The heart's going crazy right now. What's causing it? No idea, but you need to process this. It's not working. What's going on? I don't know, but there's a giant wave coming your way. Prepare for impact. (laughs) 
Lance Perrette, Josh Zarek, and DanTest26 all asked, can you do a video on addiction? Wherever it is that you live, no matter how nice the community, I guarantee you there's a building out there somewhere filled with people that are on drugs. And I'm not talking about little drugs, I'm talking about like the heaviest, strongest drugs mankind has ever made. It's called a hospital. The traditional view of drug addiction is that hard drugs like cocaine and heroin and crystal meth all have these sort of chemical hooks in them that can get you addicted to them in a very short amount of time. The idea being that it's the drugs that are bad and it's a lack of self-esteem or your own personal failings that gets you addicted to them. This view is heavily influenced by research that was done in the 50s and 60s where they took rats and put them in cages and gave them a choice of getting food or water or heroin and they chose heroin to the point that they starved themselves to death. And this was used as a justification by the Nixon administration to create the war on drugs. But in 1977, a professor named Bruce Alexander began to question the validity of these experiments. Having worked with rats in the past and knowing how social they are as animals, he began to question how much of an influence the solitary confinement they were in had to do with them consuming these drugs. So he and some other researchers at Simon Fraser University set up an experiment where on one side they replicated the conditions of the original experiments with the rats in the solitary confinement and then on the other side they set up what they called Rat Park. These rats were given room to run around and play, they had plenty of nesting places, the walls were painted to look like the outdoors, they had toys and even more importantly other rats. They adjusted for variables like taste and strength and they gave the exact same options to the rats in the cages as they did to the rats in Rat Park. And what they found was that conclusively, the rats in the cages got addicted to the heroin far more regularly than the rats in Rat Park. They even took one set of rats and got them physically addicted to heroin and then let them loose in Rat Park. And even though they still had access to the heroin and were going through painful withdrawals, they still had very little interest in the heroin at that point. It was the isolation that sent the rats into a spiral of addiction. Similarly, in the Vietnam War, nearly 20% of US soldiers serving over there got addicted to heroin. And it became a big concern that when the war was over, the streets would be flooded with a bunch of junky vets. But that didn't happen. I mean, sure, there were some problems that persisted, but for the most part, when people came home to their friends and family and their social circles, they didn't have any interest in the drugs anymore. Why, it's almost like being separated from your friends and family and everyone you love and facing death on a daily basis makes you want to tranquilize yourself for some reason. If the drugs themselves were what causes addiction, then everybody who gets out of the hospital would be addicted to morphine. But that doesn't happen. Despite this evidence about the reality around drug addiction, we still in the United States, our solution for dealing with drug offenders is to put them in prison, away from their family, away from their friends, away from everyone they love. In other words, the worst thing we could possibly do, and just as bad, maybe worse, is what we do as a society to drug addicts. We shun them, we push them away, we, we scorn them, when what they need more than anything is to feel connected and to feel loved. In 2001, Portugal did something fairly radical. They decriminalized all drugs in possession. That doesn't mean it's legal per se, but if you got caught, then all you have to do is pay a fine and go to treatment. In other words, they treat it as a public health issue and not a criminal issue. Thanks in a large part to efforts like this, the rate of overdose death in Portugal is almost non-existent. It's down to three in every million people. That's far below the rate of 17 per million throughout the rest of Europe. And in the United States, after 40 years of the war on drugs, we're down to a low, low rate of 147. <laughs> USA, USA. And nearly half of those overdoses are from totally legal prescription drugs, by the way. 
Marijuana decriminalization and legalization efforts in several U.S. states is a step in the right direction, but we still got a long way to go. We need to separate our ideas of addiction from the drugs themselves. Because the fact is, people can get addicted to anything. Gambling, shopping, pornography, junk food, hoarding, these are all real addictions that can totally ruin a person's life. It has nothing to do with drugs whatsoever. All of these activities, hitting the jackpot, finding a great sale, rubbing one out, they all hit the reward centers of our brain and create a dopamine rush, just like cocaine. Without a social support structure in place, people turn to these activities to fill that void. And the more that reward center gets triggered, the stronger the neural pathways become, leading them down this spiral of constantly chasing that reward to the neglect of more important things in their lives. This is why group therapies like AA have such a high success rate, because it helps people to rebuild a social structure around themselves so that they don't have a need to go and trigger that reward system for that dopamine hit. Some of the more promising therapies involve traditional tribal medicines like ayahuasca or ibogaine. These medicines work in different ways, but they kind of hit a reset switch in the brain by binding to opioid receptors, which takes away the craving for these drugs for about a six month period, which gives them a little bit of wiggle room to do the cognitive behavioral therapy that can really work through the issues that caused that problem in the first place. They're also known to create a feeling of connection to others in a otherworldly spiritual consciousness. So it's easy to see why this would be effective. If people turn to addictions as a way to connect with something, then feeling connected to a higher power or by extension everybody in the world would be a huge weapon in that fight. This is why so many 12-step programs like Alcoholics Anonymous start with an acknowledgement of a higher power. So regardless of your spiritual beliefs, it's easy to see how that could be really helpful. In general, I would encourage everybody to put a little extra effort into maintaining your social circles. You know, or just take a handful of friends and become really close with them. We are the most social animals in the world, and our modern lifestyles kind of take that away from us a little bit. So get out there and connect. Your life will be a lot better for it. And if you are struggling with addictions, whether it's drug-related or anything else, have the courage to go and speak to somebody about it. Just talking to somebody makes a huge difference. So really quickly, that crazy intro that you saw at the beginning of this was something that I shot at the YouTube space in New York when I was up there for the Next Up program back in August. And uh, Jake St. John from The Vegetarian Baker was the coke snorter in there. Uh, and uh, Sarah Hardy from Sensational Finds was also a part of my group. She helped out quite a bit. She just wasn't on camera. But I wanted to thank both of them for their help. And I wanted to encourage you guys to go out and check their channels out because they're really awesome people. So you should go show them some love. Oh, and that submarine set that I shot in was actually built for a series from Great Big Story starring Philippe Cousteau, which looks really cool. I'll put the link down in the description when it comes out. Go check that out. All right, thank you guys for watching. If you have a question, leave it down in the comments below, and I might answer it in a future video. If you liked it, give it a thumbs up. If this is your first time here, please subscribe. I come back with stuff like this every week. Now you guys go out and have an eye-opening week, and I'll see you next time. Love you guys. Take care. Hey, thanks for listening to the Answers with Joe podcast. If you found this through the YouTube channel and you are not subscribed on iTunes or Google Play, I encourage you to do so. I'm going to be coming back with interviews and repeats of old videos just like this all the time. And if you found this on the podcast player, then uh, know I have a YouTube channel on, uh, well, on YouTube. Just do a little search for Answers with Joe and you'll find all kinds of fun science and comedy stuff to keep you entertained and thinking about cool stuff for the rest of the week. And you can find this in all my podcasts and all my videos at AnswersWithJoe.com. And if you enjoyed it, a nice review in the iTunes or Google Play Store goes a long way. And of course, word of mouth means everything. So any, anything you can do to help get the word out, I really appreciate it. Thanks again for listening. I will catch you next time. Have a good one.